Amen. Hey, just let's just stand for a moment in the presence of God and, and just uh, just let His presence come upon us. At the end of the meeting, uh, I would really love to pray for people here that, uh, you know, finding discouragement or disappointment holding them back, uh, anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts or any, anything that's just coming upon you because we live in a, in a world out there that, that it's pretty brutal at times. And, uh, you know, I just believe t- tonight in this place, you know, that, that God just wants to set some people free, you know. So I'm going to ask at the end of the service for those people to come and for our uh, pastors and, and service leaders, uh, you're going to come and help me do it. So just right now, just, just switch on. To, to what God wants to do in this house tonight. He's, he's here, as Pastor John said before. You know, what I love about church is it's never the same. You couldn't recreate it if you tried. All these people say, ah, oh, same old, same old. I was like, you know, God is, God is moving. Every, every time he turns up, something is going to happen. Who's with me here tonight? Something is going to happen in the house of God when, when he's here, when his presence is here. And uh, so let's just... Be ready for that uh, in the house tonight. Why don't we just grab our seats and uh, come on, let's give it up for the band. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. And uh, hey, look, guys, I've really enjoyed my time here with you. Thanks so much for uh, welcoming me and looking after me. You guys have been great. Um, You've got an amazing church here. You really have. And and your team yesterday, your leaders, your key guys are absolutely uh, outstanding. So come on, give yourselves a big hand, C3 Kiwana Waters. You're amazing. And uh, I, I do want to honor your leaders because uh, they are great people and I've really enjoyed the journey. Uh, you know, we served together on, on the global team for uh, C3 and uh, that was amazing that they'd put people like us up there to just pull the levers and just write checks and make things happen. Very radical. Uh, and I love that time and I'm sort of proud of these guys for what they're doing, you know, heading up Australia, but also taking C3 into the future because we are heading into a new season. 2020 is right in front of us. We have 470 churches around the world and uh, I love our movement and these guys are part of a brave, powerful team taking our movement into the future and uh, I'm so thankful to have incredible people doing that. Come on, let's give it up for our awesome pastors here in the church and keep encouraging them to keep doing it uh, for C3 because we need some great leaders up there and then guys like me can just hang out and have a good time <laughs> and know we're going somewhere good, uh, you know, which is going to be excellent. Um, hey, I, I wanted to uh, uh, show you here, my, I've got a picture of my family uh, who this, this is my team and, and we're having an international day because I'm here with you in Australia, Fiona is in Germany and what the heck is happening with our kids? Um, you know, that's, we've just got such great faith to just leave our teenage boys <laughs> in New Zealand. Um, but they were uh, both playing together, bass and drums together, rhythm section in our Monaco campus this morning uh, in the house of God. And I've left one of our staff members to look after them and make sure that there's peace in the house. Um, <laughs> but hey, I want to sh- uh, share a, a message with you tonight called Your Life Matters. And uh, I, was, I was sort of, if you're here over the weekend or this morning, I was really pumping it up and throwing it out there. But I just want to go on a different tack tonight because, you know, before you can do something great for God, I'm all about the call of God. You know, this is one of my purposes in life is to help people find 
the call of God. But before you can step into the call, you need to know that your life matters to him. And, uh, and I just read something recently. I was just studying for this uh, message and, and theme and series. This is actually going to be a series for our church for, for the entire year, Your Life Matters, because there's two parts. Like, your life matters to God. You're important to him. But also, your life matters. Your attendance matters. Your faith matters. Your gift matters. What God's called you to do in this world actually matters. And it's this amazing two-part thing. But I wanted to just, you know, we've got a generation out there that, that I believe really has no concept of the worth of their life. In fact, um, certainly in my country, and I'm, um, I think in yours also, there's so many people that, that are throwing their lives away. They're throwing, they're literally taking their lives or, or putting themselves into destructive situations or, or, or just doing all this stuff because they don't know at the end of the day that their life matters. And, and you know, when we get the revelation, we're not much used to our society and to this generation if we don't understand how much our life matters. Because we're just saying some nice messages, some scriptures like quotes with kittens and all this, you know, like uh, that's all it is without a revelation that your life matters to God. And once you get that revelation, you can really help people. But I, I got online and, and had a look and just was, was trying to find out what people are saying, what people are thinking about their lives. And, and, uh, a few posts on this uh, Yahoo Answers. It's this amazing thing. You just type a question, and all these people talk about it. Um, and it's really, really sad what some of these people were saying. Um, somebody called BVB said, my, my parents don't care about me. I don't have anyone to talk to. I'm ugly and weird, and I have social anxiety, and I feel like crap all the time. So what's the point? Uh, somebody called Taylor said, I really don't see the point in my life. I suck in school. I'm failing at everything. I have no money for myself, no job. I don't see my life going nowhere, and I just want to end it. The only thing keeping me going right now is being online, but I can't stay here forever. I just I just want to leave. Uh, and somebody called Dean. It wasn't me, but so, <laughs> could be a friend of mine. <laughs> Someone, I just felt like, yeah, come on, man. But they said, um, Dean said, I'm, I'm a waste of space. No one needs me. And an un, unknown user said, I just want to know what the point of life is. I hate my life. I'm 17 and I've hated it all my life. And, and, just, and I just always think of killing myself. I just wish I was someone else and I'm sick of it. And as I was thinking, this, I was thinking just for some of you, I mean, you know, some of you guys that are online, go and answer some of these questions. Because I'm thinking, they just put that up, and then all these people just post, and heaps of the posts were just like really random and sort of like, yeah, well, you know, just try and get happy, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know, they need you. They need somebody like you who knows that your life matters to just even answer that. If you're online, go and answer some of these posts. It's so sad, and we need to be out there helping people. But you know what? I can I can relate to to this generation and, and some of the things because. Because I was a young person myself that really went off, off the rails. I actually left school at 14 years old because um, I, I, was I was a radical human being. Uh, I, I, I got called into the principal's office and he's, he's giving me a hard time. And I, I said, listen, um, he, he said to me, Dean, look, we're sick of your attitude. And I said, and I said, 
I'm sick of your attitude. <laughs> so that was, you know, I was going strong. And uh, so we had a bit of a conversation, long and short of it, as I left that day. I went home and told mum and dad, I said, mum and dad, great news, <laughs> great joy. <laughs> uh, I said, I've, I've finished with school today, I've left school today. Um, and <laughs> they didn't catch the vision. Uh, <laughs> I shared. I shared the vision, they didn't catch the vision. And, and they were, it, was, it was awesome, they were a great family, old school Christian, and just said, yeah, if you're not in school, you're not living here. So in one day, one day, it was a, it was a powerful day in my life. <laughs> we don't say that stuff anymore, we just say, hey, go to school, go to school tomorrow. Uh, and one day in my life, I was out of home and out of school. And here's, here's how messed up I was, I thought this is great, <laughs> this is awesome. I'm being set free, uh, out of the place of constriction into a place of, of bigness uh, and darkness, as it turned out. Uh, and, and the next two years were chaos in, in my life. I was, I was, I was actually going to get um, put away uh, into, a, into a, a, a place for young men that have lost their way in life. Uh, and I remember being in the courts, and my dad was there, and I thought dad was going to rescue me. And he actually said, he actually said, no, just, just take him. He's out of control. <laughs> I was like, thanks, dad. You're awesome. Uh, <laughs> and so I basically I just found a few people like me, and we just caused havoc uh, in society. And, and I, about 16 is when I came to Auckland, uh, to the city of Auckland. I was a young musician. That's really all I had was music. And, uh, and I was getting into a lot of chaos in, in Christchurch where I grew up. And so I moved to Auckland, 16 years old, came, came in there and uh, managed to uh, get some gigs playing music. And so now I'm playing in the pubs and clubs at 16. <laughs> it's like not even old enough to be there or buy a drink or anything like that. I was just playing music. And, and, and I was really lost. I, I, I just felt the darkness at one point just come upon my life. It's like, what's the point of this? I've already messed it up I and mean, what's going to happen from here where are we going to go I remember a couple of times just just being so angry and so so lost and and you know at that stage walking into a, to a meeting just like this and that's why I'm so passionate a few people come up and say man you're pretty pretty sort of passionate kind of person about the house of God and I am because this place saves lives because God's in the house. Who's, who's pretty happy that God's in the house here tonight? He's here. He's here. Otherwise, just us giving some motivational speeches and dancing around and singing show songs and, you know, uh, which is going to be fun, but, uh, you know, nothing much is going to change. But the good news here tonight, just, you know, on a Sunday night in the Sunshine Coast is that God's in the house. And you know what? Your life matters to him. And that is, is that good news for anybody here tonight? Your life matters to him. And I want to I wanna ask you tonight how, how you feel about your life. You know, un, under the, the shiny veneer that you put on, which is good. We've got to have a brave face and get on out there and do life. But underneath that, how do you feel about your life? Uh, underneath the, the rehearsed lines and the just going from strength to strength, because we should. Faith is a beautiful thing. I love it. I live in faith. You speak out something into your world. 
But how do you feel about your life? When no one else is around and the door's shut, how do you feel about your life? Because every single person here, you need to know that your life matters to God. It matters so much. It matters so much. That's why he sent me here tonight. I said, get over there, you know, share something with these people. That's why he sent Jesus into the world. That's why he raised up your pastors. That's why he motivated a young artist called Phil Pringle to make a change in his life. All because your life matters to him. And if you've got a Bible, just we'll have a look real quick at a scripture in, in Ephesians 1 and verse 4. Beautiful scripture. And I'll just start reading and you pick it up there and we'll do this together. It says, He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us as, as for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. What an amazing scripture. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him. What? Have you ever thought about that? God chose you. God chose you. It reminds me of primary school. I don't know if it happened to you, but it's sort of the way we did it in New Zealand. You know, you'd be doing things, sports, whatever, like in the playground, and now you're choosing teams, you know, and you've got two cool guys, captain. And then they're choosing teams out of the group, you know, and who's ever been in one of those settings? They're just only like, 20 of us, everybody else, just sort of, you, you were the cool captain. Everyone else, and you, if you're in that moment, you're just like, pick me, pick me, please. Pick me. I want to be on the cool team. And then after a while, you just, I, I just want to be on any team. <laughs> just somebody, somebody. And you just don't want to be the last guy where they say, <laughs> yeah, you as well. <laughs> Love and loser. Uh, God chose you. Here it is, you might have missed out on being on the cool guys team or even making the team, but on the thing that mattered the most, God chose you. He said, I want you to be on my team. And you've got to remember that. He chose you and he continues to choose you. I think about it in my life when I'm having that moment with my principal and <laughs> I'll say, yeah, I'll I think, I think your attitude stinks. <laughs> that, that moment, God says, I, I choose that guy. He's got some issues, but I choose her. <laughs> I choose her. <laughs> We've got some work to do with that young man, but I choose him. And I want you to realize in your life, he says, I choose you. We live in a world where we kind of feel like it's about these special people because that is the world we live in. But, but in our world, the kingdom of God, you're a son or a daughter of the king. Your life matters to him. And uh, before the foundation of the world, before you had a chance to mess it up, God already made his choice when it comes to you. And uh, we need to let that sink in. Have you ever taken that on board, really? Because we're pretty good at saying, oh, I'm sure that's for Pastor John, man, Josh, and this Russell, of course, he's a property guy as well, so, you know. But we palm it off, don't we? Have you ever thought about that for you? He chose you for the foundation of the earth. I think that's worthy of just a great shout of praise to God. Just come on. Come on, let's lift him up tonight. He chose you. He chose you. It says, in love, he predestined us. Before 
we even knew him, before we even knew our state and our own brokenness, he had already gone ahead of us and made a way. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. For every person here tonight, if you just take away that, that before you were born, he knew. Some people say to me, Pastor, you know, you don't understand how I got created. I was like the product of a one-night stand or even worse. But you got to realize God's gone ahead of you. You might have some set of circumstances of how you turned up here, but God knit you together. He knew what you were about. He formed you together in your mother's womb. He knew what he was doing. Can anybody say amen to that here tonight? This is a revelation that we need to get in our lives or else we're not helping anybody else. We're just passing on the same little kitten's motivational speech to other people. It's not going to cut it. It says he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. He didn't just save us, but he planned to adopt us. He didn't just say, we'll just get them in the you know, probation team. You know, but he, you know, one of the great things, well, this is my big moment in C3 International, was I got rid of, rid of the word probation. Because when you came to the movie, <laughs> it was like, awesome. Welcome to the movie. Yeah, come on. You're in probation. <laughs> I got rid of that. Because <laughs> that was it. It was my crown and glory. It was, it was my big moment. You know, some of us were only worthy of the probation group. You know, God says, okay, I'll let you in, but you're in probation. But He says, I want to adopt you into my family without even checking you out and seeing if you're weird or something. He just says, I want you in the family. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing. He gives you His name, Sonship. As sons and daughters, you carry the name of the Father. You have the authority of the Father, and you become an heir with Christ to the family inheritance. Like, that is amazing. You know, and, and you got to know this. you got to know this, church, that, uh, that your life matters to Him. A famous uh, psychiatrist, Carl Jung, said this, The world will ask you who you are, and if you don't know, the world will tell you. And there's too many people, including lots of Christians, that are being told who they are by the world. And I tell you what, that, that little tag of who you are in the world's opinion is going to crush your life. Because you were created for so much more. You were created for the glory of God. You were created to host the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in your life. And you were created for the high call of God, the purpose of of God. Don't ever take who you are from the world because it will crush you. And that's the way, that's the reason our society is where it's at today, because people are finding who they are from the world and it just doesn't cut it. Before you can have any kingdom impact, before you can really step in to the call of God, you need to know deeply that your life matters to him, because apart from that, all of your all of your good works, all of your serving, all of your turning up and doing all these things is really just trying to prove to everyone, to God, to to everybody around you and to yourself that your life matters. And that's why people burn out. If you're here and you've ever just burn out, because you know what Jesus said, you know, the disciples always taking Jesus, they're just, let's go eat. You know, Jesus is like, Can you guys stop that? What feeds me? 
is to do the will of the Father. You're going to find that serving and using your gift actually feeds you. There, there's no burnout in the kingdom of God if you know who you are in Christ. I mean, you need to have a rest a few times, early night, hang out on the couch and just chill. But there's no burning out in the kingdom of God when you know who you are. Because you're not trying to prove yourself to anybody. You're just turning up saying, God's awesome, and I'm here just having a go because he said I could. Amen? And so as you serve, as this church, you, you're in activation mode this year. People are stepping up. I want to encourage you all to step up. Uh, we're going for, in our church this year, 80% in connect groups and 80% serving. But as you do it, do it knowing that your life matters. As you do it, you know, you're, you're not doing it for any other reason, reason other than you just know. You're like, you're serving, you're stepping into the purpose of God is, is your worship. That's what worship actually is. You know, that's why sometimes it's hard for worship leaders, you know, to get the service going because everyone's just, because uh, you only worship when you know who he is and who you are. And then you start living your life and everything you do just says, Jesus, I know what you did. You're radical. <laughs> You're crazy. I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have picked me, but he did. And so what I do is not trying to prove myself or trying to get back in that whole thing, but I'm just like, Jesus, you're awesome. I'm, I'm here. I'm here doing it. I love your kingdom. I love your house. And let's do this thing together. And if you can do that with that motivation, people are going to see something in you, something that's different. Maybe uh, my friend here on the keys can come and help me finish. According to the purpose of his will. So it says, uh, he's adopted us as sons through Jesus Christ according to his purpose and will. So there's always purpose with God. He hasn't just won your life so you can just hang out. He's won your life with great purpose so that you can live in freedom and fulfill the will of God in your life. And I, I want to encourage you to, to let his purpose Unlock your life. You were born for this. The greatest days of your life will be being used by God. And you know what? Uh, God's done some, some crazy, crazy things in my life. But one of the things he did was, uh, and this is how I got into, into, uh, into ministry, was uh, in 1989, I went to this big, I'm not sure if we have it over here, Youth for Christ, but it's a big, yeah, all around the world, wasn't it? Yeah. So I didn't even know about it. I just went to this big rally. There's 20,000 people. And this guy, Ian Grant, who's a hero in New Zealand, he, he was up speaking. 20,000 young people. And I was just there going, I don't even know what this is, but I'm joining. Whatever it is, I'm joining. And I actually did. Uh, it was a music touring group um, called Certain Sounds, and it toured around New Zealand. And the next year, I joined the team because that was my gift, drums, you know, music. I play music. So I got on the team, made the, made the group. And everybody had to share a testimony. And, and so they got all the testimonies. They videoed all the testimonies. And this guy, Ian Grant, just watched them and picked one. And, and he picked mine. And so I got to share my testimony in high schools up and down the whole country, including my high school. <laughs> I, I kid you not that I left when I was 14. I got up on the stage, shared my story. And I had, I had teachers coming up to me that were still there going, oh, my goodness. Like, you are not. Dean Rush, what the, <laughs> that guy was such a menace, but a really cool, misunderstood, interesting <laughs> young student that we always knew was going to make it in life. <laughs> and, and I've been able to speak 
to young people and teenagers over, over so many years. In fact, uh, I, it was just such a bummer to give it up. Um, age makes you give it up. <laughs> just had somebody come to me one day and say, Dean, um, you're not that cutting edge anymore, man. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. No. I just thought <laughs> sort of got to, I can't read my notes anymore, you know. That's the moment that you've got to stop. Um, but I, I've honestly loved it. Um, being involved in, in a young generation finding God and, and raising up people. But it's not just young people, it's everyone. And uh, so, you know, in a, in a moment, I want to I pray for some people to get free. If you've had stuff locking you up, I believe tonight there's an atmosphere of the, of the presence of God to bust something open in your life. And it takes a bit of courage always to respond to God. You know, but we've got to be those. God's looking for courageous men and women. I believe tonight there's some courageous people sitting here. And you know what God's going to do? He's going to take your story, your, your pain. I, I had some pretty painful moments along those little, little stories that I just shared right there. But God's able to take everything about your life. You know, maybe in, as I'm saying that, I'm feeling like there could be some people sitting here tonight saying, man, my life is just rubbish. But he takes everything about your life and weaves it into a story of God's goodness. And I shared this morning, I got the opportunity to work in a in a, in a really broken nation called Cambodia that's on the rise and bringing the gospel to a new generation in Cambodia. And uh, have, we, have we got the photo there, actually, of the, of the uh, crusade? So I'm still getting to do youth ministry, you see. Uh, this was just, I think, I think it was this year, in Siem Reap, uh, doing a youth church meeting. And uh, to be able to lead about 97 kids, uh, young people to Christ. And they're just screaming out, you know, we do the sinner's prayer over here and it's very polite and just, yes, Jesus, I just thank you and I receive you. And uh, it's going to be amazing. But over there, they're just crying out to God, tears in their heart, like just wonderful and beautiful. And I'm standing there going, God, this is like the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. I can't believe that you'd take that guy and do this. And I'm just wondering, as we're, we're about to close here, what he wants to do with you. I'm just wondering that here tonight on the Sunshine Coast, what he wants to do with your life when you realize that your life matters to him. I wonder if we can all stand together in his presence. Is that all right? Just for a moment and not talk or text or leave or anything. Just Can we just give God a few moments to maybe just let the revelation of that message just drop into our hearts? Why don't we just close our eyes for a second. I'm going to ask this. I want to ask if there's people here tonight that don't have a relationship with Jesus. So you know, you can know all about him. When I was young, I sort of knew about him. I'd been to church. I'd heard some stuff, but that's not a revelation. That's not a relationship. It's just a bit of head knowledge. You've heard that God is good, but I want to ask, and as I'm asking that, I believe there's people here tonight. God wants to just do it an incredible work upon your life. He loves you. He's for you. Before you were even born, he went ahead to make a way. And I, I, it would just be a privilege tonight to pray with you, to unleash your life into the hands of God. And I wonder across this place, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, maybe you've never done that, you stubborn old thing. But I've found that stubborn people make great leaders when they surrender to Jesus. Maybe there's a couple of stubborn people. Man, you've been running from the call. Come on, it's, t- it's time to start running to the call. 
Time to start saying, this is my moment, man. I remember in 1986, in a meeting just like this, I said, God, if you'll, if you'll, if you'll have me, if you'll take this broken down train wreck of a life, I'm here. I'm in. I want to follow you. And, and he's been so good. He's been so good. He's a great and mighty God. It's not, it's not easy following God. You've got to make a stand. That's always tough. But what he'll do in your life will give you so much purpose and meaning. It's unbelievable.